Hi everyone, I'm Jennifer Colary. I'm a child and family therapist and a parenting coach and the founder of Connected Parenting. And welcome to the Connected Parenting Weekly Podcast. Join me every week and we'll tackle everything from temper tantrums to bedtime to sibling issues to teenage angst. Parenting can be so wonderful, but it can be so hard. Parents often say to me, hey, can you just come live at my house? This is the next best thing. Let's do this together. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Connected Parenting by Connected Parents. So this week, I thought I'd focus on Halloween. So it's a weird holiday, and a lot of our little ones, especially um, gladiators, are exquisitely sensitive, uh, very reactive, subconsciously reactive to a lot of the images um, that they're bombarded with during Halloween, and you'll often see an increase in anxiety irritability, crankiness, and sometimes even extreme behaviors. So I find the second half of October and the very beginning of November to be very challenging months for our little ones. So there's a number of reasons why Halloween is just one. So the first thing is there's a big seasonal change. So these little ones, they're so exquisitely sensitive to their environments that um, they feel any kind of changes in a very, very big way. So the seasonal change from, you know, summer to fall, um, the changes in light, the changes in, in you know, how it gets dark earlier, there are all these things that start to really impact them. They'll feel loss, like summer's really leaving us. Um, you know, that, that kind of, we all feel that, especially if you, you know, live in a place where the seasons or the seasonal changes are quite dramatic. Um, they'll they'll really feel those intense feelings around things ending and changing and fall is very much about you know leaves falling and things dying and and kids will feel it and they're not necessarily aware of it so that's one big thing the other um, is I call it the October crash so you know they've come from being quite free in the summer especially this year when everyone's been um, you know, summer camps were canceled and kids have just been at home relaxing and, and not having a lot of structure. Um, what's happening around now is, you know, they were excited about school, if they're online school or in person, um, and that sort of worn off. <laughs> Any kind of honeymoon period or novelty has worn off and they're like, oh, I'm now back in school. This is how it is now. There's not a holiday in sight for months, which for a little kid, <laughs> a very long time. Um, so you'll often see an increase in and pushback around, I want to go to school, and I hate this, and it's not fair, and kind of missing summer, you'll see that as well. Um, darker uh, days, so, so when things start to get darker earlier, it actually can be really helpful to do a couple of different things. We'll get to Halloween, I promise. One is invest in a therapy lamp. They're not very expensive. They're you know, 30 or $40 on Amazon. Um, have the kids, you know, when they're doing their homework or their, um, I don't know, coloring or even, even playing video games, they can have this therapy lamp in front of them. Depending on the lamp, you either use it for 30 minutes or for an hour. Don't use it for longer than that. And don't use it past sort of five o'clock in the evening. because It'll affect sleep, but it will actually help. It really, really helps with mood and making that shift. Um, cause the other thing these kids have an issue with um, it's, it's a transition again, but it's actually a smaller transition, but it really affects them. And if you ask your, their, your kids, they can probably confirm this for you. They get very sad when day is over. So when twilight comes and, and the day starts turning into night, 
they can get very, very sad about the day ending. Now, a lot of these kids cannot articulate this. Some can, especially when you ask. Some will just say it. I get really sad when the day is over. Um, and their mood plummets just around the time that it starts to get dark. So the therapy lamp can help a lot. Um, eating, uh, having a snack at that time, especially a complex carb, can also really, really help. Um, and then the other thing is bringing the light in. So, you know, turning on little glowy candles or, you know, soft uh, lighted mini lights. This is great in the middle of winter, even if you don't celebrate any particular holiday. Um, it's really nice to bring a glowing light inside into the house and, and even make it a ritual. Um, girls love this, especially where, you know, it starts to get twilight and it's time to bring the light inside the house. You go around and you turn all the little um, glowy little lights on and that can help tremendously. Um, I know this sounds like such a small, odd thing, um, but it really is something that can make a huge difference in mood because that hour, those hours between five and seven, we call those the witching hour and that's not when it's Halloween. Um, everything just starts to unravel. Everybody's tired, everybody's fighting, everybody's having a hard time. And these things will really help that transition. So now let's talk about Halloween. So it, even though it's fun and kids are really excited, the constant bombardment everywhere and on every, um, you know, everybody's lawn and, and all the advertisements and, and all the store windows are, you know, skeletons and scary things and blood and, and uh, you know, gravestones and black cats and all of this scary stuff all the time just goes into the psyche. And some kids will articulate that they hate Halloween. They're really frightened of Halloween. Uh, my littlest one, who's now 16, she still hates Halloween. Um, but when she was little, we had a lot of trouble with her anxiety and sleeping. And, uh, you know, she was certainly excited about trick-or-treating and all of that. Although that's questionable this year, whether that's even going to happen. Um, but she, she really just couldn't stand the images. In fact, going into a Halloween store, how old was Olivia? She would have been about six, maybe. And, you know, it's it scary sounds and it's, it's exciting and terrifying at the same time for a little kid. And she saw this hideous plastic image of a baby eating its own foot. And that was it. She went white as a ghost. And it was some weird thing just hanging in the, you know, in one of the aisles. And she went running out of the store. My husband had to, you know, follow her. And she just was so traumatized by that. It was probably, I don't know, that bothered her for about a month. Um, so it's really important to be aware of that. You know, you don't want to walk around shielding your kids' eyes, um, but just think about how much they're bombarded, preparing them, thinking about whether even going to a store like that is a good idea, or maybe just go down certain aisles, um, or just limiting the exposure. Certainly if there is trick-or-treating this year, you know, not making your kids go into some of the houses that are particularly scary, like they want to stand back and kind of hang back, hang back and just experience it from afar. That's fine. Don't push them. Um, so anyway, just being kind of aware of the subconscious um, kind of emotional assault that happens on kids' brains when it comes to, to Halloween. There's nothing you can do about it. It's there. You know, you can sort of make, make fun and make light of it and we assure the kids that everything is pretend and it's all fake. If you're familiar with tapping or EFT, go on uh, YouTube, find some tappings for kids 
It is the most fabulous way to help kids get rid of anxiety. It's the weirdest technique, but it really works. You're just tapping these acupuncture points while repeating the thing you're afraid of. Kids love it. Also works on adults, by the way. Um, and if you want more resources, I can put some links in the in the podcast description. But that can be really helpful. We use that a lot with Olivia during scary Halloween times. Um, you'll often see disturbances around sleep this time of year. So part of it is the seasonal changes and what we talked about at the beginning of the podcast. Um, and part of it is just being frightened and seeing these scary images all day where during the day the brain can take it. It's funny. It doesn't bother me. It's fine. But at night when they go to sleep and it's dark, things are always worse at night. And the sort of critical faculty kind of disappears at night. The part of the brain that can be like, oh, that's not real. Um, and it becomes very intense at night. So you'll often see kids this time of year, you know, wanting you to lie down with them until they fall asleep, leaving lights on, not wanting you to go downstairs, um, just being generally unsettled. So, um, so again, this is a great, this is a great time actually to bring back the thumbs up. So again, first of all, lots of mirroring, lots of connecting when you're using the calm technique and go back to the earlier podcast, if you need a reminder, um, when you go back to, um, those techniques, they're really foundational, lots of baby play. That's, um, making sure lots of oxytocin is releasing in the system, which will counteract the adrenaline that they're receiving from the, the scary, scary images that they're presented with all day long. So that will certainly offset it. Um, and certainly doing lots of baby play and conversational mirroring. A lot of people, um, you know, struggle with the, the mirroring for de-escalation using the calm technique for de-escalation. It's, it works. It's amazing. It's like a superpower, but it's not always easy to do. So I suggest to families that you practice using the calm technique, just in general chit chat, just general conversations. Anytime your child is talking to you, make sure you use those four steps. Um, and that can really help. So that's, that's helping the brain and helping the body just flood with oxytocin, natural opiates, endorphins, beautiful reward chemicals that will offset adrenaline and cortisol, which are stress hormones, which um, are certainly running a little bit higher this time of year. Um, and make sure at bedtime, you know, the theme all day long has been Halloween. So let's make sure we're, you know, reading stories and telling stories just about simpler things. Um, with no scary images right before bed, that can certainly help as well. And then maybe go back to, I did a podcast a, a, a little while ago on uh, bedtime and there's some really great techniques in there. One being the thumbs up method where, you know, you lie down with your child for a little bit and then it's time to separate and have them fall asleep by themselves. And what you basically do is you say, Hey, um, you just have to worry about going to sleep tonight. That's all you have to do. Your job is to fall asleep. And my job is to stand guard. So what you're basically going to do is you're outside the door about, you say goodnight to them. You walk away about 20 or 30 seconds later, you come back and give a thumbs up. No language, just a thumbs up. The child can give a thumbs up back. Um, they can see that you're there. You walk away again. You wait another 20 or 30 seconds to come back and you give a thumbs up. Now, I know this seems a little crazy because for the first five or 10 minutes, you're you're coming back every 20 seconds, 30 seconds, a minute, you're slowly stretching it out. But the key is to preempt their call for you. So it, it kind of goes like this. They're starting to relax and get tired. They're like, oh, where is she? And you've already come. You're already there. You're already right there at the door. And they're like, oh, where's dad? And boom, you're right there. So you're kind of preempting. So just when they look for you, you're already right there, giving them a thumbs up at the, at the in the doorway. 
and then you kind of stretch that out a little bit. And for most kids, especially kids who haven't had uh, sleep issues prior to the kind of Halloween season, honestly, you'll end up doing about five minutes, maybe, maybe 10, and then they're out. They're just asleep. Um, and it's lovely because you'll go in and give a thumbs up and they're asleep. Uh, for some kids, it can take two or three nights. You know, one of the objections that families have is, I don't have time to stand outside the door every 10 minutes. But the truth is you're going to do it anyway because you're going to leave and they're going to come back. I need water. I need a drink. Come back. And you're going to do a whole thing anyway. You're going to put that energy in anyway. So this is a great way to just put the energy in up front. They're um, getting into a state of relaxation and calm because they can just focus on falling asleep now because they know that you're right there. It's really, really effective. I find this time of year, it's just a priceless tool to have. Um, the other thing too is, you know, when your kids get nervous about Halloween, you remember that you gauge their response, right? So if you are looking terrified because they're terrified, if you're like, oh God, here we go. This is going to be, we're not going to sleep. If it's, you know, okay, don't look at that stuff. And you have that energy and that fear in your own voice, you're going to be transferring that fear to them. So remember um, to be lining up with love, which means just being really confident. Hey, you know, you do your mirroring technique around um, the things that are scary. I know, right? It looks so scary and all these images are so awful. I totally get it. But remember, they're pretend. So when you're you're reinforcing um, the fact that it's a holiday and it's all make-believe, you have to do that after you have mirrored and connected first. You, ha you have to use that moment to really connect with them. And it doesn't look like this. It's not like, oh no, it's so scary. Everything's so scary. See, there's fear in there and that's not going to work. It's, it's, you really want to, um, to demonstrate to your child that you're not, you're good. You're fine. You've got this under control, but you fully understand and you can really, really kind of get into their shoes around how it's scary for them. So these are some pretty, um, I think pretty effective strategies to get through the Halloween season. The one thing I want to tag on um, is if there's, you know, there's, they certainly usually eat a lot more candy and sweets. And so I usually find the first couple of days after Halloween and that, you know, sleep has been a little bit off because I've been worrying about it. Um, you'll, you'll generally find that they're a little crankier sort of the first few days into November. That's fairly normal. Um, and it's usually because they're all sugared up and, and slept and that usually settles down and then things can kind of um, go back to normal for a little while after that. So there you go. Um, some hopefully pretty helpful hints around uh, the Halloween season. So happy Halloween and good luck. Hi, I'm Barrett Caleri from Connected Parenting. I hope you enjoyed our podcast and don't forget to check us out on the web at connectedparenting.com and like us and follow us on Facebook.